Welcome to the Good Voice Collective. The show where we talk about culture, discuss theology, learn new perspectives, and grow in Christ. Each one of us has a unique voice, a unique perspective, and we want to use our voices for good. We're the Good Lion Interns. And you're listening to the Good Voice Collective. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Good Voice Collective podcast. My name is Adam Gomez, and alongside of me is another one of the team members, Holly Dingman. Hey, how's it going? Today, we're going to be talking about the current state of worship in our churches and how we as worship leaders can be most effective in our church culture today. So starting off, Holly, why don't you go ahead and give the listeners an explanation of what worship is and maybe some misnomers or some misconceptions about what it seems to be or what people think it is. Right. So like I mentioned in our introduction episode, I actually wrote my bachelor's thesis in Bible college on worship. So I'm not an expert, but I'm going to try to do like the quick, like five minute version of this real quick. The Bible says that worship is an attitude of the heart that motivates action in life that is a lifestyle of worship. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And he says, this is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So basically Jesus in that paragraph was summarizing the teaching of the Old Testament And the teaching basically is about worship, you know, Mm -hmm. how you worship God is you love him and you love people. And so worship has a God word focus and a Mm -hmm. people word focus, if that's even a good word to use, a people directed focus, because if you love God, you're going to do what he says and you're Mm going to love people. And and most people, even myself, I'm guilty of this, I'll, I'll correlate worship with praise songs, you know, I'll correlate worship with music and that's not necessarily what worship is it's an element of worship correct yeah we talked about that yeah so what would you say to those who maybe correlate worship with music well i think it's like you said an element i think i'd maybe go and define that a little bit more an element of worship is something the mm. bible has told us this can draw you into worship prayer singing is one of them reading the word studying the word those are elements of worship that can bring you to this attitude of loving God, of, of worshiping him mm-hmm. and of taking action based on that attitude of worship. But music is an element that's kind of separate from other elements of worship because it actually embodies other elements. So mm-hmm. it's not just like music on its own brings you into worship. Yeah. The main the main point is that it, it carries a message. So you can pray in a song or you can yeah. think about the word, you know, meditate on the Bible in a song. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, there's that great theological song, the creed, that we actually sing like a theological creed in the form of a song. Like how many people would actually know the creed Yeah. if they didn't know it in the song? You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. And that, that's the Hillsong tune you're speaking of? Yeah. Um, okay. I believe. Yeah. I made it a point not to say Hillsong song because that, that just, <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think that was perfectly put, just listening to what you had to say. I think there's a lot of misconceptions or not so much clarity on what worship is because there's a lot of different angles that people take on it. And um, especially as a worship leader, 
or even as a member of a congregation, trying to understand what worship is may not be the easiest thing. I don't think that's necessarily uh, number one on the sermon list, you know. I feel like worship, what it is, isn't really talked about too much, you know, from... Kind of taken for granted. Yeah. Like, like what kind of misconceptions have you seen and, and how do you think we can kind of like yeah. shed some light on that situation? I think being a worship leader, kind of growing up, I started when I was about 15 or 16. I started leading worship, helping out. And for the longest time, it was hard for me to understand what it is because I would hear worship and I would hear praise songs and then there's theology and you have to make sure your doctrine's correct and so there's just so much that can kind of be overbearing you know especially for a young worship leader right, or right. you've heard all these things like as a worship leader you should yeah. do this and this and this and you're like yeah. wait what's happening where did yeah. it come from and, yeah what's actually happening here you know when you hear something and you're like wait worship's not even music and you're just like what is going on but I think that my heart behind this whole episode was just to really hone in on what worship is and what it is not I think it's important for everyone who's involved in worship to understand what worship truly is from a biblical standpoint in order to most effectively glorify the Lord, you know, especially on a worship team. You know, if you don't know who you're worshiping, you don't know how to worship correctly, how can you lead a whole congregation of people? So I think that's mainly why I really wanted to, to hone in on what worship is. You know, it's, it, and you said it beautifully. It was, it was really, uh, real informative, real perfect the way you said it. <laughs> So now we're going to get into the topic of worship leading and specifically how in the scriptures, music is used as an element of worship. So Holly, I know you had a few scriptures in the Psalms. Yeah, but... we've got like a whole book of Psalms. So obviously music is very important and poetry and art. But there's a lot of poetry throughout the Bible, a lot of music throughout the Bible. So I just put down some main references here that will probably sound super familiar. The first one is Psalm 33, 133. It says, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praises be coming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Mm. And so we're getting that literal biblical command to sing for joy in the Lord. Music is supposed to be a response to the goodness of God. It says to give thanks and shout mm. for joy. Music is supposed to help us express emotions and it's supposed to help us remember what God has done for us, that giving thanks as well. Hey, so this is Holly. I'm jumping out to do a quick little side conversation with Shavi about the role of emotions in worship. Shavi, I remember when we were starting to brainstorm this episode, you recounted a really powerful incident in which you saw the emotional depth of music and a specific song, actually, that someone shared along with a testimony. Would you mind telling me a little bit about that story? Yeah, sure. I can share about that. I led worship last year at a women's retreat and we had a special event where we had several women from our congregation share their testimony and we asked them to pick a song to go along with their testimony, a song that had meant a lot to them during that time. I remember one story stood out in particular. A woman shared her testimony about a tough pregnancy 
that she had to go through and how they told her early on that her baby was sick in her womb. Even if the baby was born, she wasn't going to live very long. And she kind of had that option to terminate the pregnancy at that moment or go through the pregnancy and just wait to see if something changed or, you know, she decided both her husband that they were just going to do the whole pregnancy, even taking all the outcomes and everything. She shared in her story just how the Lord met her in those moments of uncertainty and having to walk through such hard time, even through a time that she already knew what the outcome was going to be. Her baby was sick and there was no healing. Her baby still was born sick and I think she passed away a day after she was born, you know, so what she feared still happened. The song that she asked us to share along with her testimony was Oceans. I remember we had to sing that song after she shared and I was just so moved. I was so grateful or like honored that I was able to be part of her story in that moment through this song, that this song was kind of like, I don't know, uniting us in a sense. And just how the different perspective that her story gave to me for this song. Like I've sung it before in a sense of spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. I'm imagining this thing that could happen where the Lord may lead me, where I need to cry out to him and stuff. But it's always kind of something that I'm imagining, but I'm not going through it. For her, it's like when that song came out, that's when she was going through that hard pregnancy and that hard trial. So she wasn't singing this song, looking into the future of what trial she might go through. She was going through it and she was still singing that song. She was still saying, Spirit, lead me now where you've led me, where my trust is without borders. I can only look to you. Seeing that song now and thinking of her story, I, I think about that song very differently now. I think it's just cool how music can help me understand her story. I don't fully know all the emotions, but through that song being the link between like her story and just what I felt in her story and just thinking like, wow, the Lord like leading me to a place where I, I can only count on him. It helped me understand what she went through without me going through it. I think that was really cool that a worship song could do that, that a song could be a link between her story and me. Shabi, thank you so much for sharing that story. As I was listening to you share that, I just love how I could hear the vertical aspect, how this song helped this lady in her emotional journey with God. It helped her in her spiritual walk with him just to communicate her trust to him. And the horizontal aspect as well, how this song helped you to empathize with her and think about your walk with the Lord in a different way. It's great to see how music really has the power to connect people and to connect us with God as well. Thanks so much for sharing. Psalm 34, one through three, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So you get all those themes again, blessing the Lord, praising him, which is another way to bring yourself into worshiping, rehearse all those good things about God and what he's done, magnifying the Lord, exalting his name. And I love how the Lord really uses 
he, he chose to use music as a form of, of worship, you know, and I think we really need to kind of take a step back and, and understand the power of music. Music has so much power. It has the ability to influence, whether for good or for bad. Worship music, it's uplifting. You turn on like the Christian radio station, it's always like positive radio, you know, that's, that's right. like you know, the, the statement they make. Yeah. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing that God chose to use music. I remember this quote, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but I think he's some Hungarian super prodigy musician. He said that music is the best art form because it goes most directly mm. into people's hearts. So yeah, you have to be careful about what you're putting directly into your heart, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and what we're putting into others' hearts as well. The responsibility of a worship leader, right? It really is. Yeah. And, and, and as a worship leader, I know it's been talked about, you know, in the school of worship that we went to not to choose songs that are just overly focused on one sense of emotion. You know, if you have like a set of seven songs that are all like just super jittery, super uplifting, like after a while, it's just going to get old, you know, like after about five songs, you're like, okay, like let's tone it down. And you don't want to flip the switch and it's all emotional, all depressing. It's important to find a balance when leading worship, when choosing songs. I know there's been studies where, I think you even mentioned it, where people with dementia even, they don't remember Oh, people's yeah, yeah. names they don't remember the family members but they remember parts of a song they don't remember a song you know from beginning to end there's just this power that music has in correlation with our memory yeah so music has memory properties because of that emotional connection our brain remembers emotions as well but obviously music is also repeatable so mm. there is a thing it's called involuntary musical imagery and that's like basically when a song gets stuck in your head without you consciously trying to remember. It will just like loop in your head. And you, you can almost see it sometimes. So relatable. I was just telling somebody, Flock of Seagulls, I ran. Whenever I hear that song, it just gets stuck in my head all day. I don't know what it is. Like <laughs> just that chorus. You can like, like just hear keep... the tone of the guitar, right? If you know the yeah, song, if you're the... a musician and you play, sometimes you can even like, like feel your mm. hands doing the chords and stuff. Yeah. For me, like, dude, I'm singing all day. Like. I just can't stop singing. I think people who are musically inclined can relate to that. Just singing and not even realizing it sometimes that you're singing out yeah. loud, you know? And this is another super important thing about music and memories that music actually involves so much of your body. It's not just like your eyes going mm -hmm. over a page and taking in words. It's yeah. your brain rehearsing things and maybe you're getting into it and you're dancing around or maybe you're playing your instrument. If you're in church, maybe you're raising your hands. It's a very physical thing. And so that also increases memory. There was another scripture I wanted to read, which kind of pertains to this memory thing. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So these songs have the power to really take an effect on us. And you see that direction to people as well here and to God. Just like in worship, we see mm -hmm. that we're worshiping God. And so we come out with action towards people. There's a sense in which music is to God and to people as well. I love how we don't even have to explain it too much. The most beautiful things we've said are just straight scripture. I think that's awesome that the Lord defines it beautifully. There's nothing more perfect that we can say than the word of God. And I think it, it's pretty straightforward. He gives us that commandment to sing unto the Lord, sing a new song unto the Lord as well. And with that, let's let's segue into some of our experiences in leading worship and what that may look like for those who are just starting in worship and maybe thinking about leading or they just got thrown in. We you know, can like give work. our top five things to remember. We can come up something, with five. something they can take away and really use some tools that we can put in their toolbox.
Maybe I'll start off working with pastor really is like one of your most important things. If you're going to be a worship leader, you always want to be in tune with, obviously with what God is, is doing through the church and what, what God is telling you. But be in line with the head pastor. We want to make sure that you guys are in tune, you know, that you're his right hand man. It's so important to understand his heart, to understand what his vision is, what the Lord has given him and really be in tune with what he wants. It's important to make sure that the songs are appropriate. You don't want to whip out a song that's like kind of sketch and the pastor's yeah. like, what are you doing? You know, run the songs by the pastor as well. So I think that's that's a big one. If you serve your pastor, your pastor's going to serve you. Yeah. I think most musicians might have a little bit of a hard time digging into the theology that they need to as a worship mm. leader. Make sure that you are in touch with your pastor so that he gets what he needs, but then you can also mm. ask him for help. Like, hey, is this song yeah. cool? Like, I think it's cool, but what do you think about the lyrics? And he can recommend resources for you, like all sorts of stuff. And, and a second point was song choice. I think song choice is so important and making sure the songs that we choose are, are solid in doctrine and theology. That's the uh, main point. Yeah. And remembering that it's pointed towards God and towards mm -hmm. each other. I just remember being in the school of worship. I'm sure you'll identify with this, Adam, but like yeah. singing in the choir is such a powerful experience oh, yeah. for me of oh, singing to the congregation. We're totally singing to God, but those songs, we've rehearsed them, we've sung them for hours. We've got all of our harmonies nailed. And so it's not super fresh for us, but the mm -hmm. fresh thing is seeing the congregation there and being like, this is a truth that you guys get to take in today. And we're going to sing it with all of our hearts so that you can appreciate this beautiful theological thing that we've got to sing about. Yeah. And I think it's so important kind of bouncing off that. This is so important. Understanding your church individually, because I, I know a lot of times as worship leaders, oh, yeah. we like to see what is this church doing or what's the next best thing? And I'm not saying taking something from another church is wrong. I'm all for that. As worship leaders, it's important to understand the season that your church is going through currently and understand who's in your church, who's filling up the pews. And I'm seeing a, a real chasm in age group. And that can be like three different generations of, of different songs. It's so important to balance out your song choice in accordance to the people filling up the pews. Because really, when you think about it, we are placed on this stage in front of our congregation to serve them. We're not there for us, not there to show off our voice or, or show off how well we sing this song. We're there for the sole purpose of glorifying God and leading these people through His Holy Spirit. And a huge part of that is song choice because if you're singing like nothing but new songs, like greatest hits 2020 you're probably not going to have half your church it's not going to be well rounded right yeah it has to be rounded you want to make yeah. sure that you're choosing based on who is filling up the seats i would say another thing to be aware of is not just the history of worship music and mm -hmm. not forgetting our heritage of songs but also the emotions of the songs like you were mentioning earlier you got to be aware of what kind of emotions you're singing because you know mm -hmm. maybe there's somebody who's going through something really tough. Maybe you're in a small yep. church and you know, oh, somebody just lost their grandma. You have to yeah. be aware of those uh, mm -hmm. emotions that are there and be aware that I, the, the wider breadth that you can bring to it and the different depths of emotion of joy or sorrow that you can express together to the Lord and to each other, that's going to bless that. more people in your congregation. That's such a good point. 
especially with those in smaller churches. Because I've served in a small church, I'd say about 60 people. And it's like you almost know every person and, and what they're going through. I think that can be such a beautiful thing because you can choose songs in accordance to what the overall church, like I said, the season that they're going through. You know, there may be yeah, totally. problems that are similar that each of them are going through. And, and, and I think there's something so beautiful about singing a song unto the Lord and just allowing those emotions to be expressed through the form of song. There's nothing more powerful than that, really. Along with that, choosing songs for your church is so important. And I've been guilty of this where I'll look at the new song that's come out and I'll, <laughs> you know, automatically we're like, oh, I want to do that, I want to do that one. And that can be a good thing. Sometimes our church needs that. But Right, like you said earlier, we've got to keep yeah. it fresh too, right? Yeah. If you yeah. just have the same old songs, it is going to get dull after a while. And you do need that fresh impact of emotion of a fresh yeah. song. I, I think new worship leaders or younger worship leaders like us know a lot about <laughs> where, where worship is going right now. And spend a lot of time thinking about what worship is now. But I think it's, it's important to really invest our time and maybe looking at some older songs, too, that the older generation might know and that have been singing for years, you know. So I think that's really important. And, and you're going to learn stuff when you do that, too, right? We're not yeah. the first generation who's been filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we can forget that. We're like, yeah. wow, we're like the Spirit-filled generation. And really, yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh, it's a different way to express things. But that doesn't Absolutely. mean that people before us were less filled with the Spirit. Yeah, that's more songs you can you can put in your set now, you know. It blesses the older generation when they hear a song they haven't heard in, you know, 20 years or something. We're there for them. I, I think one of the main topics I wanted to hit with this whole episode was really balancing yeah. out our song choice and really understanding our church. And maybe this will be our last point, really getting to know your church. I know throughout the school of worship, we were taught to get a sense of who you're serving, who you're leading. Like we're saying with a smaller church that we've served at, we're able to fellowship and maybe have a donut or something there's this this beautiful thing when we get to know one another and when they get to know us when we're up on, on the stage and when we sing songs together there's more communion you know when we do that there's more of a, a relationship built there and i think there's something so beautiful about that i just want to encourage anyone who's listening and who's leading worship to really get to know your church because there's people out there that are hurting there's people that are broken coming into our churches and and we're there for that. You know, we're, we're totally missing out on our calling. We're missing out, you know, on so much ministry if we're just doing worship and we're like hightailing it out of there, going to the green room. It's so important, maybe before service or after service. I've been making this a point now before the whole virus to talk to one or two people if I can before the, the service starts, just to get yeah. to know them. It, it's a pretty big church where I'm, I'm helping at. But if I can get to talk to one or two people, just say hi. Just remember their names. There's something so powerful about that. No, I totally agree. If you don't know your people, you can't serve them. If you are worshiping God, music aside, worship. If you yeah. are living a lifestyle of worship, you are going to find a way to serve and bless the people around you. Because God said that you should love him and love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that unless you know what your neighbor needs. You can't Absolutely. do that turning a blind eye to what's going on in people's lives because you can't maybe deal with it. This is a pastoral role. Worship yeah. leading is a pastoral role, and it's secondary, um, but it is so important. And you guys are important. Anyone who is listening who's a worship leader, what you do is so important. You should never quit. Don't get discouraged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just keep pressing on. Keep learning. And it's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, just just be persistent in, in what you're doing.
Thanks for listening to the Good Boys Collective. This show was put together by the Good Lion interns, and our editor and executive producer is Aaron Salvato. We are a proud part of the Good Lion Podcast Network and CGN. You can find all our episodes and more great podcast content at their website, www.goodlion.io. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope it makes you think, leaves you encouraged, and helps you walk closer with Jesus. Thank you for joining us. It's our hope here at the Good Voice Collective that we can be a collective of Christ followers who use our voices for God's kingdom. We hope we've inspired you to use your voice for good. Thank <laughs> you.